0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Ocean State Sidelines. I'm Brandon McGuire, sports writer with the Pawtucket Times, socket Call. Pleased to be joined with a good friend, someone I've known a very long time, Bob Walsh, the newly crowned, newly minted assistant coach at Iona College, did two tours of assistant duty at Providence College. First of all, Bob, thank you for joining me. Great to see you, Brandon. Great to be with you. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Absolutely. Um, Bob, I guess uh, first and foremost, uh, we'll talk about what led you to Iona and this current opportunity to have to be an assistant coach under Rick Pitino. I know it's something that you've probably eyed ever since, you know, maybe getting to PC even before then when you uh, left the university in Maine, but just uh, how, you know, exciting is, is this to be back being known as a Division One assistant coach?
1: It's a great opportunity. Uh, first of all, Iona is home for me. You know, it's about a mile and a half from where I grew up. I went to graduate school there. Both my parents graduated from Iona. I literally grew up on the campus going to summer camps there and basketball camps and going to games. So um, it's also a chance to work for a Hall of Fame coach, you know, and Coach Patino. And uh, Coach Patino's son, Richard, was a student assistant uh, on our staff at Providence College when he was a junior and a senior when I was working under coach Welsh. So, uh, got to know him a little bit. Um, you know, I kind of took the managers under my wing, uh, when I was at PC and sort of tried to help them if they wanted to get into coaching or athletics and, uh, Richard and I stayed in touch. And then he had actually reached out to me, uh, this spring about an opportunity that he thought his dad was going to have. He thought I would be a good fit. Uh, we, talked about it then but it didn't work out at the time and then um, late in the summer coach Patino had a change on his staff due to uh, you know one of his veteran assistants uh, had some family health issues that he had to deal with so uh, unfortunately he wasn't going to be back and I got a call from coach in uh, late September I mean I was we had had a 7 a.m workout at PC and I believe it was on a Thursday and coach called me and said, look, I have an opening on my staff. And uh, it was literally three days before practice officially started. And by the time was the weekend was up, I talked to my wife and talked to Coach Cooley and accepted the job. And I was headed to New York. So it is uh, it's really exciting to be. You know, Iona is also a place that has a great commitment to basketball and a great history of winning. So uh, there are a lot of positives and I'm
0: excited about it. Yeah, everything you know, like you said, was maybe stretched back to the spring when those initial conversations happened. But everything kind of happened maybe very fast at the end, like you said. You know, practice had started. You had gotten to know this current group of PC players, and all of a sudden, this opportunity comes with uh, Coach Patino. What was that like? Conversation like with Coach Cooley, and letting him know, hey, this is something that's available for me. What should I do? Well,
1: I mean this very sincerely with regards to Coach Cooley. He is absolutely the best when it comes to this stuff. And everybody's asked me, you know, how did Ed handle it? How did he take it? Uh, He is unbelievable when it comes to trying to help others uh, and help others in the business. Uh, So when I called him, I spoke to Coach Coach Patino on a Thursday. He offered me the job on Friday. I called Ed on Saturday, said, hey, look, I know the timing is, is not great, but I might have this opportunity and he could not have been more positive. He basically said, he said, bro, take your wife out to dinner at that nice Italian restaurant near your house in Newport, buy a nice bottle of wine, celebrate. He said, this is an opportunity you can't pass up. He said, I'd love to help you with something better. He said, there's no way I could get you a better opportunity than this one to go Uh, work for a hall of fame coach at a place like that, that's home for you. Uh, And then essentially said, look, you can come into work Monday uh, and see the guys and talk to everybody and let them know you're leaving. But if you come back on Tuesday, I'm going to fire you. So um, you know, he was absolutely the best as he always is with that stuff. Uh, He's incredibly selfless. He said, look, the friars will be fine. We'll figure it out, you know, and, and he's, I mean, he gets it. He said, look, what's in your heart? Like, what's your gut when he offered you the job? You know, are you excited about it? And if the answer is yes, then you got to do it. So couldn't have had better support from him. Uh, It was, it happened really, really quickly. Like, literally, I was at a PC workout that Monday, and I told the team after the workout uh, that I was leaving, and I was at a workout at Iona Wednesday morning. You know, I drove down Tuesday night. So, uh, you get a quick goodbye to a lot of people that mean a lot to you over the years, not just players, but people that you worked with. Um, you know, it was hard with guys like Jared and, and Ed Croswell, who've, you know, been there with me for three years and, um, you know, some of the staff members that you're really close with. But uh, it was kind of a good thing, I guess, that it had to happen fast. I mean, we literally had practice Wednesday at Iona and I was standing there on a the court and I own a shirt and you start connecting with a new group of kids. So uh, that's kind of how the business works. Um, I'll always miss the people in Friartown, uh, the fans, the whole environment at the school uh, and the way everybody supports each other and gets along. That's always something that's going to be really
0: special for me. You mentioned the conversations that you had with Ed Cooley about you leaving, I want to go back to the summer of 2019, Bob, when you came back to Providence College as a member of Ed Cooley's staff and what how grateful you were to have that opportunity to be back at the Division I level. I was working
1: at IMG Academy, and I had been there for a year, and uh, I was taking over the postgrad program that summer. So I was out on the road doing some recruiting, uh, and I saw Ed and his staff actually in Washington, D.C. Uh, they were all – The the whole staff was there recruiting a couple of D.C. kids and sat with them at a game. And, you know, I think at the time, Nicola, who was in that position, had just gotten another job. I didn't know anything about it. But uh, Ed and I have, you know, going back to when I was at Rhode Island College and Ed got the Fairfield job. We talked in different capacities about working together. And he talked about, you know, if there was a spot when he first got back to PC. And so uh, we've always been close, you know he said, look, you know, is this something you'd be interested in? He said, I'm, I'm thinking about going in a different direction. And he talked about hiring a head coach. He had never had a former head coach on his staff. And, you know, he talked about what the job would entail and how I could help him. And, you know, um, once we talked about it and I realized he was excited about it and he thought I could have an impact Uh, with the program, it was easy for me, you know, to go back to a place like PC, especially with the level Ed had the program at and has the program at now. uh, I'm grateful for him for giving me that opportunity uh, because it's not an easy business, you know, and when you spend a year outside of college basketball, it's not necessarily easy to get back in and to get back in at a place like PC uh, with a program
0: at that level was really great. One of my favorite photos I, I can see, it, and it's still in my memory, Bob, I think it was the New York times. It, it showed you and Ed Cooley when he was an assistant at, at BC and you were at PC under uh, coach Welsh meeting at a gas station, doing a uh, video drop off. Just, uh, even going back then, it, it, I'm sure it was like, man, you know, if, if we ever have the opportunity to work together, let's do it. I actually had that
1: picture, that article framed on my office at PC, uh, You know, I I joke, it looks like we're making a drug deal. You know, it's like there's like a mobile sign in the background and there's a car door open. And that was back in the days where you had to trade videotapes. It was it was Selection Sunday, actually. He was driving home from (laughs) B.C. And I was living in Pawtucket at the time. And we met in Attleboro and traded tapes because he had some tapes on our opponent. and We had some tapes on his opponent. Uh, Yeah. And he uh, you know, the friendship started. When when I was at he was at Boston College and I was an assistant with Tim Welsh, he was living in Providence, you know, and and most people know his wife, Norris, was a Providence police officer. And he used to drive by the school uh, and he would wait out the traffic sometimes in our office. He would go to LaSalle Bakery and grab some coffees and some donuts and come into our office uh, before he drove up to PC. So uh, we got to know each other pretty well. And look, I don't know anybody who is better at relationships. And Ed Cooley. And I think that's a huge asset uh, to every aspect of his program, from recruiting um, to the coaching staff, to the camaraderie, the connection. When you see a team that, you know, connected the way our team last year did, uh, so much of that credit goes to just who Ed Cooley
0: is. I mean, Bob, you were there, I think, the first day when uh, Coach Walsh got hired in 1998, there through 2005, you saw Ryan Gomes's great career. But how amazing was it, Bob, when you came back in 2019, just how much of the transformation of the campus of, you know, maybe the support for men's basketball and just how much it's a credit to Bob Driscoll and people like Steve Napolol to really take the program for where it was in the early 2000s when you had a front row seat to where it was what you saw over the last few years.
1: It was really incredible. It really is. And I think most people who know Providence College recognize that. So I was there in 2000 when Bob Driscoll took over, right? And, and Providence was always a place that had the mentality of, well, we just can't do that here, right? And, and Bob was always about saying yes, you know, and, and okay, what do we have to do to get this done? So I think, you know, Bob Driscoll, I think the leadership of Father Shanley, the vision, you know, the buildings that you see on Providence College's campus, the practice facility, Uh, the new dorms, uh, the new, I mean, I think they've built three new weight rooms. If you include hockey and and the student facility in the last 12 years or so, that's all stuff that nobody thought was even possible. So um, new humanities building, you know, they're getting into nursing now. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Uh, It's, it's a credit, honestly, I think to a few people really Bob Driscoll's vision for athletics, father Shanley's vision for athletics and support, Steve Napolillo doing an incredible job raising the money uh, and Ed Cooley's uh, approach, the success w- of the program, uh, the way he's graduated his kids, the support that he's been able to earn from the community. Uh, and now Providence is a place where they literally expect to win at the highest level. And it's not necessary. I remember you know, when we took over for Pete Gillen, his famous quote was, you know, Providence College is trying to win the Kentucky Derby with a mule. Uh, And that always bothered Coach Welsh a little bit because it was like, man, I, you know, I don't want people thinking about the program that way. But um, Providence College has everything they need to be successful in athletics uh, and great vision and great leadership.
0: uh, And it's been an incredible transformation. Speaking of incredible, you had a front row seat to, you know, one of the best seasons you know, obviously in the last 25 years, getting the Sweet 16, winning the Big East regular season championship. You saw the group, Bob, practice in the summer, come together and gel and chemistry, but what else kind of stood out as you watched the Justin Manias, the Al Durham's, and the Jared Bynum's, Nate Watson's, and A.J. Reeves come together?
1: It's really interesting, because I was back with coach for three years, and my first year back, you know, we had that talented team with Lewan Pipkins and Alpha Diallo and, and Khalif Young. And um, we couldn't figure it out until like the middle of February. And then by the end of the year, we had won six in a row. And we went from being like a disappointment to a sixth or a seventh seed in the NCAA tournament. Obviously, that tournament got canceled. Uh, the following year, we were still pretty good. And we had Noah Horkler and Jared Bynum, who ended up being an all-league player last year. David Duke and Nate Watson and A.J. Reeves. And it really never came together. Uh, and then this last year, it came together right away. And we just couldn't, we couldn't figure out how to lose. Uh, and, and I think looking back at it, I remember a meeting that Coach had with our seven basically starters. And he looked at it at the time at, at our top seven and all older guys, right? That was a huge factor. We had older guys who were pretty much over themselves, right? Guys who had been through college basketball and at this point, we're willing to sacrifice just to win. You know, Al Durham and, and Justin Maniah coming from other places where they hadn't had success. Uh, you know, A.J. Reeves hadn't played in an NCAA tournament. You know, Nate Watson, uh, I think, was in one as a freshman, uh, but hadn't seen success after that. So you had guys that were over themselves. And we had this meeting and coach wanted to talk to the seven guys who were going to play and say, look, only five of you can start. Right. Like, so there's going to have to be some sacrifice here. I know you all are here expecting to start. And I remember Justin Manaya saying right away, saying, Coach, bring me off the bench. He said, I just want to win. You know, and I think that defined that team. Um, I'd be lying to you if I told you I thought we were going to be that good. I thought we were middle of the pack in the Big East uh, with. Uh, a chance hopefully to get over the hump and get to the NCAA tournament. Uh, But it clicked right away. We had a scrimmage with Purdue. They were top three in the country and we played them down in the dunk in a secret scrimmage. And we were, we were down 16 with like eight minutes to go. And I remember thinking, yeah, like this team's just better than us. And then next thing you know, we come back and Nate Watson tips in a miss by Al Durham at the buzzer and we win by one. And um, you know, our guys just continued to find a way to win and there was a camaraderie a, a connection a selflessness that was really special and I think if any coach knew how to create that or how to bottle it uh, we would but it was absolutely one of those special years and there were a few moments where you just sit there on the bench after the game or, or you leave the arena smiling understanding like how special it was uh, you know I remember when we won Uh, We beat Richmond to go to the Sweet 16 in Buffalo and we couldn't get our charter out until the next afternoon. So we were just kind of sitting around Buffalo hanging out and, um, you know, you had a chance a little bit to reflect on what we had done. And it just it was really, really special. And it's a credit to the commitment and the selflessness uh, of those kids who just were willing to do whatever it took to win.
0: So let's uh, transition to a little thing that you like to do on the side, a little caddying, just uh, your ah. relationship with uh, Mike Hamilton, Link, Lincoln native, Kirk Bray, all-star, Ryland, uh, R-I-G-A all-star, came close this past year, finally breaking through again on Ryan Amateur. Just uh, how, maybe in some aspects, Bob, is it therapeutic for you to be on the bag to help him? It's awesome. I love it. I love
1: being on a golf course. I mean, I love to play golf. Uh, in the summer when I have some free time, because it gives me a little bit. It, it's relaxing, and it gives you some competitive juices flowing. Uh, Mike and I have known each other for a long time. He's a college basketball nut. Uh, I'd rather be a, a scratch golfer than a college basketball coach. He'd probably rather be a college basketball coach than a scratch golfer. But it's to me, it's it's coaching. So it's being on the golf course, but it's also coaching. It's such a mental game, golf, and I think. You know, the mental side of the game in basketball is often overlooked and undercoached. So uh, it gives you an opportunity uh, to really dissect uh, the mentality of an approach at an elite level. Uh, And I've, I've definitely become a better coach since I've started caddying for Mike and playing golf with him because he is an elite amateur in the country. And. Uh, you know, I told him he's, he's probably going to have with my new job. He's probably going to have to try and win the state am without me on the bag. But um, when he wins the US Am, he's promised me, I'm going to Augusta with him. So I'm
0: going to hold him to that. But I, I will throw out this. It might not be the peak recruiting season when they have the Northeast amateur. And I believe Mike clinched a spot in there because he's the top point getter among the RIG events. So I, you gotta look, you gotta save the dates Bob next June Maybe tell Coach Patino, hey, I want to go back to Iran a little bit so you could be on the bag of Wanamoisa to help uh to help out Mike.
1: It's always a possibility. I'd love to do it. It's an elite event. And good the good thing is Coach Patino loves golf. So um, you know, there might be there might be a chance to get a little bit of a break uh sometime in May or June.
0: And, sure, and who knows, maybe you can bring Mike out to uh, play a little action at Wingfoot for all you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, Mike's played there actually. He was invited to an elite amateur tournament there once, and it's probably his favorite course that he's ever played so uh but I'm working on getting myself out there first
0: you know what I mean absolutely but uh but uh we're in the throes the college basketball season and uh great to see you're back at the division one level and uh you know you'll be out recruiting helping out coach Pitino any way you can and uh meeting a new group of guys but uh you always have a special place at Friartown here Bob
1: I'm excited about it and I appreciate it Brendan I appreciate your friendship and everything you do and I'll be uh I'll be following the Friars through your
0: coverage. So looking forward to that. Appreciate it. And I appreciate everyone to listening to the latest episode of Ocean State Sidelines. We'll be back with a fresh episode soon. And until then, take care, everyone. And thanks.